0: Or go to anchor.fm to get started.
1: On this week's episode in Her Space. I think sometimes when we come together as women and we just like take off the veil and people are not trying to be perfect and display this, you know, this sort of mask that they masquerade, you know, through life with, it's just like a real raw ass moment. And so I miss that so much. And yeah, I would say my favorite part about that is probably the sisterhood and just being able to talk about things. and you know, just be yourself. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or even a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or if you feel comforted throughout the episode, lady, please leave us a review and tell us what we're doing right so we can stay on track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit herspacepodcast.com and enter your email address to get updates about our live events and all of the new beginnings that we have for this year.
0: Welcome to Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist,
1: and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just
0: be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the HerSpace podcast. Do you have a burning question you're dying to get feedback on? Do you want an unbiased perspective on a situation you're facing? If so, visit herspacepodcast.com and click Ask Dr. Dom under the Start Here option. Every Tuesday, I'll choose a few questions and answer them at random. Our quote of the day Not all girls are made of sugar and spice and everything nice. Some girls are made of sarcasm,
2: wine, and everything fine by anonymous T. are you ready for that
0: sarcasm that wine and everything fine
2: girl i sure am because i
1: will say when i hear this quote it makes me think of like my public persona as opposed to the the private persona with my girls because i feel like we get ratchet right we yeah. just we're unprofessional we're just fun we're just like Saying anything without judgment, you know, in the professional realm, you got to be it. You got to be a certain way, because I feel like sometimes people don't know how to separate that. And they see you one way and like, oh, girl, she was over here twerking. It's like, okay, I can still be professional and twerk. Right. So that was just an example. But yeah, I love this quote. And I can't wait to jump into this conversation.
0: I know. As you said that, though, that made me think about like, oh, wait, if I have students that are listening. But you know what? (laughs) How they see me in the classroom or in a therapy session is, yes, a lot. Maybe not a lot, but it's different than how I am with my girls. There are certain boundaries that you can just let go of.
1: Yes. And I think it's important, too, that we realize that. We are multifaceted, and I think for so long women were seen as like monolithic, right? Where you got to be this way, and you got to. It's like no, we can have various traits across the spectrum, right? And so that's what we're going to dive into today. Okay, so you're going to get to get into our head and see how we think about some of these topics as Ooh, we jump yes. in. So, Dom, can you tell us, right? Because many of us have not had a girls' night in a long time, and so when you think about girls' nights with your girls, like what does that vibe look
2: like? How does it feel?
0: It feels like home. As I'm sitting here and I'm reflecting on when was the last time I had like, we're all in each other's faces, girls night it has been so long. And so I, you know, I think like through this pandemic, I have had like, brun- you know, like FaceTimes and Zoom brunches and all of that with multiple groups of girlfriends, which has been beautiful. For us to have like be able to kind of recreate that space, even though all of us are in different parts of the country. But it's still not 100 percent the same as being in somebody's living room. And we all have our glasses of whatever, whether it's, you know, water or ginger ale or champagne or, you know, your Your a lemon drop martini or whatever your cocktail of choice is, and we're just up talking, and somebody inevitably falls asleep on the couch in the midst of the conversation. Of course, of course. And and you just kind of, we all kind of look at that person and laugh because usually it's the same person every time, and and sometimes that person might be me. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just it it feels like home. What about you, T? What, is, what does girls' night look like for you? That brought up
1: so many memories. Let me just say, I, my girls' nights are different. Like, I have so many friends that don't know one another. So, a lot of times the girls' night is just like one on one, where like I'm with one of my girls. But the last girls' night that I remember where like I had most of my girls there in one space was actually like right before my wedding. So, I guess like a pre vital sort of get together, where it's like my sister, my best friend, my matron some of my bridesmaids, and we were all at my matron's house. I think it was like the night before or for our get together. And we were just like in her basement, super cozy couch, right? Lights are dim. We had some music playing in the background. We had a little blanket, like the fuzzy blanket I have on right now. And we were just like literally just chilling on the couch. And the thing about it is at that point in life, like some of the women had kids, right? We were all in different stages in our lives. And so we didn't get to do stuff like that often. But Typically with girls' nights, yes, we have our drink. Somebody just might want to roll up a little something, something, okay? Like, just, you, you know, everybody got their own thing, so somebody might want to roll up a little something. I mean, we're just talking for hours. I mean, we stay up so late for girls' nights, right? We talk about everything. It's like nothing's off the table, especially when you're with that trusted girl group where you're like, we can talk about everything, right? And so, yeah, we just have a really good conversation. Like you said, someone might fall asleep. So I might randomly like pass some gas or fart, and you're just like, "Girl, what
2: are you doing?" <laughs> like, you know yeah,
1: what it is, right? You, know, you might have some good fart food. Too. Yes, ladies' part too. You might have some good food. It's just such a vibe, and like what you say really resonates. Like it really makes me miss being together, Don, because it feels like home. It just feels like a safe space. It feels like sisterhood. You know? Yeah. And oftentimes, you know what we do? We laugh a lot. We often get into deep. Topics and we cry. It's literally like, and I say this respectfully, Dom, but you know how people compare therapy to like things that are therapeutic for them, but it's like a therapy session in some ways for us to like get those things out and like talk about things. I remember the last girls night we had, like people talked about things they had never spoken about out loud. Right. And so right. it was just like a magical experience. I think sometimes when we come together as women and we just like take off the veil and people are not trying to be perfect and display this, you know, this sort of mask that they masquerade you know, through life with, it's just like a real raw ass moment. And so I miss that so much. And yeah, I would say my favorite part about that is probably the sisterhood and just being able to talk about things and, you know, just be yourself.
0: Well, T, since we're here, (laughs) let's do it. I I, I got a scenario for you.
1: Okay, let's do it, lady. We going to pull up a chair and we want to invite you to our girls night. Okay, so get your blanket. Dim the lights, get your music on, get your drink. I'm drinking H2O tonight.
0: (laughs) I got my my glass of champagne right here. I'm ready.
1: There you go. Let's do it. What's the scenario, girl? What are we diving into?
0: I mean, since we we in it, we're in our safe space, right? Yes. So, you know, I think a lot of us have heard of this scenario, but One of our listeners submitted this like question to us because you know, I do our Ask Dr. Dom and lady, if you haven't submitted a question yet by the end of tonight or tonight's episode, you might have questions that you want answers to. So don't hesitate to go to our website, herspacepodcast.com, click Ask Dr. Dom and submit your question. And your question may be a part of What is going to turn into a reoccurring girl's night on her space? So, this first scenario one of my sisters is very quote unquote friendly and dresses provocatively, and she's visiting for the holidays. Should I discuss my concerns about her attire, her behavior with her? For my husband.
1: Okay, so a few things come up for me around this time. I would say, number one, well, when we say friendly, I'm assuming that it. May, I mean, we all know that like that friendly well, person, use, that friendly woman or man.
0: I use those air quotes, so you know what you know. Yeah.
1: So you know, right? And so for those that are like, wait, well, wait, friendly, uh, you like a little too friendly. You like might be touchy friendly and all that. And so what I think about from this scenario is one, I'm always torn when it comes to women dressing a certain way because I, Tom, part of me is like. It's our body. We should dress how we want to dress. It's on other people, men especially in this case, to have discipline. Like you shouldn't be walking into the, like if she walks into the room and she got, you know, her cleavage out, yo, act like you saw it. Like act like you've seen some titties before. Like don't be all extra, you know, like you chill, sir, or whoever it might be. So part of me is like, oh, putting it on the woman is like sometimes kind of tricky, but at the same time Dom, I will be honest. And I'm not saying this is the right thing, but when I go into another woman's house, like my best friend or other women that I know who have husbands or partners that are there, I typically am mindful of like how I dress. I just don't feel comfortable. I'm not going to go into someone's house, you know, especially if we're like not going out clubbing and stuff like that. Like I'm going to be mindful of like the way that I'm carrying myself because I don't want anything to be taken the wrong way. And that's just me. Like that's something my mom taught me growing up is like, you don't need to be extra friendly with your friends, men or partners. Like that's just, just be cool, be chill. And so I'm mindful of that. Right. So it's like girl code for me. So I would say in this scenario, I think typically in any scenario that's involving your partner and someone that might be acting a certain way, I always say, go to the partner first. Like I'm typically not the person that's like, Oh, the other woman, da da da. I'm like, let me have a conversation with my partner. So it depends. Like in this scenario is, is there a situation where her partner has like seen her sister come over and like, he's you know, staring at her, or he's like feeding into the friendliness or he's doing too much. If that's the case, I think having a conversation beforehand could be a possibility. I just wonder how that will go over. Like if you talk to your friend about it, if that's the way she dresses and it could come off as being insecure, not saying it's wrong. Right, lady? Cause you may have gone through this before. I'm just talking about options and different consequences and options. Right. So the other thing is like, if you do say it to your friend, it could be I don't know it could be offensive right like what if I'm the friend or the sister and my you know sister comes to me and she's like oh I don't feel comfortable with the way you dress when you come to my house but what if it's really like a low key style and I'm like I didn't even wear anything crazy you know now it sounds like you're insecure about your partner and not necessarily about the woman so this is one of those tricky situations I would say definitely have a conversation with the partner about the way you feel and maybe you can talk about like where's that maybe asking yourself to like what's really bothering me about this, like what's coming up for me? Because I don't know about you down there, are definitely times, typically around that time of the month where I feel a little more insecure than usual, and I find that when I feel more insecure, that's when things like this bother me as far as like, oh, something happened over here, like something looks a certain way, and I, I'm like su- hypersensitive, whereas there are other times where I feel super secure, and I'm just like, okay. like. You know it is what it is. You know what I mean? So I think it really depends. What do you think about this scenario?
0: I agree with what you said, T. I think it's a conversation that needs to have that I would probably have with both people, right? But I like what you said of like stepping back and really looking at the situation. Because if it's a situation where I've noticed some behavior from my partner, then I'm gonna go to him and have a conversation with him. I'm gonna address it with him first, right? because my friend is going to dress how she chooses to dress so then i'm going to go to him and have a conversation about how he may be engaging with her if that's not the case if i haven't noticed anything you know that seems out of place with how my partner's engaging with my friend then i think i would like step back and like ask myself Let me kind of lean into what, like lean into some curiosity of what is really coming up for me. Like you said, like, is it an issue of I'm feeling insecure right now? And is it just a temporary feeling of insecurity? Or is there something deeper within the friendship that I need to address? Like the onus isn't going to only be on my friend. Yes. I think the biggest thing is about respect, right? Mm -hmm. And for everybody involved that I'm going to have a conversation, you know, my partner and I should be, hopefully are in a space in our relationship that we can have those types of conversations. And I'm also hoping that my partner is not, I am my friend in that way, Right or I ain't anyone who comes in my house in that way. Because to me, then that's a bigger issue.
1: That's a really good point, Dom. I am with you. I think that for any scenario, I think going within is really key because like you said, and like we, we, we've we been discussing here, it's important for you to understand like what's being triggered within me. Is it that I want more attention from my partner. Is it that I don't feel as beautiful? Is it that I feel threatened by this person because maybe she has a bomb ass body and maybe that's bringing up something for me. But I feel like if you can get down to the trigger or maybe you're just uncomfortable because you're like, you know what? I feel like when she walked into the kitchen, she got this fat ass and I feel like my male was looking at her ass, whatever it might be. I feel like understand that so that one, you can go to your partner And ideally you're in a relationship where you can share, like, you know what? I feel a little insecure about this. And maybe that way your partner can like, let you know how beautiful you are. Right. And like, and kind of give you what you need as far as your insecurity. And then also maybe you can bring up a concern, like, you know, I thought I saw you kind of staring. I'm not trying to accuse you, but that's what I thought I saw. Can we make sure that that doesn't happen? Right. And the other thing I was going to say is I actually asked a male friend about this question, but I posed it like from a guy's perspective. And I was like, if you had a homeboy that came over And like you know, he had on some—I don't know—some type of shorts or pants, and like his dick print was just like boom. Mm -hmm. Your girl was around. Like, what would you do? And he actually said, like, I would pull him aside and be like, "My man, like, what's good? Like, you got (laughs) you got your stuff all hanging out. My girls right here." So I feel like I don't know. It feels like a double standard. It feels like different for guys, yeah. But at the same time, Dom, you brought something out about staring, and my thing is, we all kind of stare. Like, I feel like I look at women and men, depending yeah. on like how they're dressed. So like if a woman is dressed and like her cleavage is showing, I'm not going to be eyeballing her cleavage, but like you notice it. Right. And then I feel like even with like really big butts, I feel like sometimes you're like, like as a woman, you might be like, damn girl, you,
0: you know? Or a dick print and you're like, oh my God. You know what I mean? So like. There's a difference though. Like there's a difference because that is a valid point. I appreciate you pointing that out. That is a valid point that we all look, right? And even the person who says they don't, they do. But there's you a right? There's a difference between a glance of like, okay, this woman is walking. This is a beautiful woman. A universally attractive woman is walking in yes. the room and she's got her cleavage showing or she's wearing something form fitting. Everyone will take notice, right? But I think the difference becomes in how often are you glancing over there at her? Yeah. How long are you glancing at her? Right. And the thing is, too, you know, your partner. So, you yeah. know, if your partner is one, like what that means. Right. Like, is it, oh, I'm glancing at her. And when we have a pillow talk later, we go, t- we go on clown. Right. Or is it. He's glancing over there and it's more of like a longing or like an attraction. That could be problematic. So like as women, we kind of know. Right. And so yeah. that, I think that's more of what I'm leaning into. I think the other piece though, that you brought out of like pulling like of how the guy said they would pull each other aside. Right. Yeah. I think we also have to acknowledge that sometimes there are women who have malicious intent. Ooh, girl, you better preach. So come on. Our hope would be that that's not the type of friend that we bring into our household, that that's not Mm -hmm. the type of friend that we have in our life. But I think about particularly some of our younger listeners, like under 30. To me, it feels like that's when it's more likely to happen. Not that it can't happen older, but it tends to be more likely to happen when you're under 30, like college age, and you're still trying to figure some of that stuff out. If that's the type of friend that you have around, then it definitely should be a conversation.
1: Yes. I'm glad you said that, Don, because you are so right about that. I've heard so many stories about people who you think are your friends who are like low key trying to, you know, get your man's attention and stuff like that. And that's where I mean, I'm very particular about the energy and the people that come into my household. Like everybody can't just come into my house or around my man because certain people or around my family for that matter, because certain people have different energy and I feel like discernment is really key too. Like if you're vibing with someone and you're like, you really doing the most, like you laughing extra hard at the jokes or you're like, you really like going above and beyond, you know, to do XYZ. I think it's something to be mindful of. So that was a nice little scenario. So lady, thank you so much for sharing that with Dr. Dom for the Talk Back Tuesday segment. Our next scenario, Dom, get ready for this. All right. The next scenario here is my girlfriend got me an anniversary gift and I clearly spent more on her gift and put more effort into it. How do I tell her how I feel without hurting her feelings?
2: Oh, homie.
0: <clears throat>
2: oh, that's hard. Yeah. So, okay. When I hear that though, what immediately
0: comes up for me is questions, right? So are you hurt by the money that you put in or the effort that you put in? Mm. Because those tie into two different things for me, right? So, I mean, both of them lead to having a conversation with your partner. Like, I think that's going to be, that's going to be my bottom line is that have a conversation with your partner. Like, Because if you're building a healthy relationship, then you want to let them know how you're feeling, right? But those are two different things. So if you are more so hurt about how much money you spent on her gift, then there's a conversation around expectations for gifts, right? And like maybe creating a budget. And we say, you know, hey, for our anniversary, our budget is $500 a person on the gift, right? I'm just throwing out an arbitrary number. Okay? I like this game. Uh, keep right? going. <laughs> <laughs> like We say we set a budget. So then that way, both people kind of know, okay, here's the range of t- and type of gifts that I can expect, Right. And within that budget conversation, you're going to think about, like, what is each person's income level? Like, you're dude, you're tossing out five hundred dollars, but you make double what I make. I can't afford a five hundred dollar gift. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can afford to spend more and I did the best that I could. Based on the income that I have. Right. But it leads to let's have a conversation about this. Like, what are the expectations? And then the piece about the effort and the thought, that's not about money, right? Like, I could be unemployed for the last year and I can still think of a thoughtful gift to give my partner that shows my love and appreciation, right? Now. Whether or not my partner accepts it, that's a different story. Because, again, it leads to it's about having a conversation around what are what are the expectations? Do you want me to have to give you a gift where I put a lot of effort and thought? And money is no object. Or are you wanting because to me, if you're also building like a healthy relationship, Then we are going to have a conversation about like our finances and how that how that shows up in the
2: relationship.
1: Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, I think you pretty much got this one covered. I would just add, you know, I think leaning into curiosity is always key. So it might even be like, hey, babe, I just wanted to talk to you about something I was thinking about, like what inspired you to get this gift from me? Like what I don't know, what did you think about or what went into play as you got this gift and kind of hearing their thought process because maybe there was more effort on their end, but they misread something. Like I remember getting a gift years ago, because, like literally. So what what I typically do is I'll keep it. Like we, me and my husband both do this. Like we'll have a notepad. Whenever someone mentions, you know, if he mentions like, oh, I like something, we'll be taking notes throughout the year really. So I just have like a running tab but I think there was something that was like a year ago that he really liked when we were traveling. And so I ended up getting that. He actually forgot about it. So in my mind, I was like, oh, I put this effort into it. And he liked the gift, but it like it meant more to me than I think it meant to him. Because I was like, oh, he probably doesn't even remember. He really liked this cologne when we were traveling. And I, I tried to you know get that. So I think understanding their thought process starting there could give you a bit like a better perspective on like, oh, maybe they did put effort into it or maybe they heard you say something, but maybe you were just kind of casually saying it. And when you said, oh my gosh, I really wanted that little massage neck pillow that you saw at two in the morning when y'all were watching TV and you just wanted it because your neck was hurt at the moment and they were like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get this as an anniversary gift. And when you learn that they, you know what I mean? Like they tied that together from that experience, it might make you like, oh, okay, I understand how they got there. So I think coming from a place of curiosity is key. And also, like you said, Dom, having a budget and like talk, having these conversations prior, like I know leading up to different birthdays and things like that, we'll ask like, hey, what do you really want? And don't give me the, I don't know, you better figure something out because if I come to you with a gift and you're like, well, I didn't want this. Then you can't, come on now, we can't be mind readers now. So I mean, help us out.
0: Exactly. So I think having,
1: having open dialogue, but then I think after you get to that, I think there is a point where you have to be honest and lean into, we have a conflict resolution episode, right now, where we lean into how to have constructive conversations and so just letting her know like you know what you know i appreciate the effort because if you hear her say oh yeah it was two in the morning and you said this i appreciate the effort and i kind of felt like i just put so much effort and thought into the gift that i got you and i saw that this was you know only 49.99 i spent 500 on your gift it kind of felt like there was a big discrepancy there and so i think maybe moving forward we should like set a limit or have a conversation about this to make sure that we're kind of on an even playing field, right? If, of course, your finances allows, but that's definitely a tricky one.
0: It can be because you know, as you were talking, and I was like, "Oh, yeah!" Like it, it even brings up just the notion of having a conversation about gifts in general, right? Mm-hmm. Because, like, I know, like, I have some friends who they're at a stage in their relationship where they say, like, we get each other things throughout the year. That yes. we, we don't focus on buying gifts per se. We take trips or we have experiences. Mm-hmm. That's what we do to celebrate like birthdays, anniversaries, things like that. And then I have other friends that are like, no, my love language is gifts. So like, yeah, throughout the year, you're going to give me things, but you're going to go above and beyond on special occasions because that's my love language. And so I think it just boils down to communicating. And, and I'm, as we're thinking about it, I was like, I could imagine a lady is out there listening like, well, we just started dating two months ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can still have this conversation and you just started dating two months ago because if you are dating with the intent of it leading into a long-lasting relationship, then even at two months, you're building the foundation. So you want to make sure that it's a solid foundation. And that solid foundation looks like communicating about everything that you need up front. Because then two months in, they could say, oh, well, your idea of gifts is not my idea of gifts, and that makes us incompatible, so... I wish you well on your journey, but I'm out.
2: Okay.
1: Cause if she like, I want a Birkin, <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't I, make Birkin yeah. money. Exactly. I don't make birkin money. So yes, I love that you said that. That's a really good point.
0: You ready for scenario number three?
1: Oh Lord, let's let's see what is let's
2: see what's happening.
0: <laughs> your cousin is visiting for the holidays, and everybody in the family says they're a thief, right? Anytime they come to visit, whenever they leave, there's always money missing. How do you handle that? You got the thief in the house. Lord
1: have mercy. Well, let me just say, unfortunately, I have dealt with this before. (laughs) Not necessarily with a cousin, but with family members. And so this is tough because in the situations that I've had with this now, there was no actual proof. But everybody kind of know like this person has sticky fingers. Right. So, honestly. What I personally did in this scenario was like there was a point and I know it's so sad to have to do this with family, but like I would leave all my shit of value in the car Like when I was visiting their place. I would leave all my shit in the car because I'm like, all right, let me put this in the trunk, leave my bag in the trunk and only bring in, you know, exactly what I need to bring in, which is really have to, like sad to have to do with family. But if they're coming to my place, I think. Typically if folks are coming over for the holidays, there's like a limited area on like where they're gonna be. You know what I mean? Like everyone's like no one's coming into my bedroom and we're pretty much gonna be in like a central location. So I think, you know, moving stuff. The only reason I'm kinda like, oh, a little leery about actually addressing it head on is if you don't have solid proof, it's kind of hard to approach someone about it. Unless you have cameras in the crib and you're like, yo, I definitely saw your ass <laughs> still XYZ. So I think that's an option. The other thing I would say is kind of bringing it up amongst a larger group. So just being like, "Hey, y'all, like, I'm sorry to have to do this, but I realized that we have X, Y, Z missing right now." And look at everybody's face, like, "All right, who's looking real guilty?" You know what I mean? Or at least just putting it out there so people know, like, "I'm really sorry." I think I, I was actually somewhere when that when that happened, where I can't remember what it was, but someone had mentioned that something was stolen and so it put everyone else on alert. So everyone else was able to like protect their things because when you don't steal, I mean you don't often think or if you haven't been robbed, like you don't think about, oh, I got to, you know, make sure I put my purse here or keep it with me if I'm going to this family function. So that's a really sensitive topic and I think without seeing someone do it red-handed, I would feel kind of weird approaching them, you know what I mean?
0: So here's my initial thought on that cuz I okay. feel you on feeling weird, right? Yeah. So the piece of me that aspires to be healthier in my general dialogues with people <laughs> and, res- and truly polite, that piece of me would say, let's lean into some curiosity on this and not automatically assume the worst. And so, having a conversation with that family member, right? So, I know ahead of time this person is coming over to my house. So, then, or if I know ahead of time that this, because sometimes, you know, folks be surprising you. So, I know ahead of time that this person is coming to my house. So, I can call them and have a phone conversation with them and say, you know, just kind of inquire about their financial situation without like making, and, and, That's going to be an uncomfortable situation regardless, right? But what it does is that allows me to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt. Hopefully, they will engage in the conversation, but it's a conversation where we're kind of talking about, like, how are you really doing, right? And then if it leads to it, just being direct and saying, you know, the talk in the family is that you are stealing things. And I don't want that to make this visit uncomfortable for you. Mm. So let's just be real with it. Let's just have a conversation. If you are like if you are in need of money or whatever it
2: is, let me know and as a family we'll figure it out, right? That's higher functioning.
0: Like way up there we're gonna really take this caring approach right now what usually goes down in families is (laughs) since we're having girl time like like let's just be we, we gonna be real right what usually goes down in families is that we typically know that that person who is stealing has a gambling problem is on drugs or has some extreme finan- other financial issues, right?
2: Those are usually the three
0: scenarios for why that person is stealing from family, right? So then to me, it becomes we can call them out or call them in, like you mentioned, and have a family meeting to talk about it, right? Because it's a matter of addressing the bigger issue that leads to the stealing. And so even if you're having that higher level dialogue, one thing that you could do, because again, chances are you probably know what's leading them to engage in this behavior anyway, is say like, hey, can we get you some help? You could also set a boundary and say, unfortunately, you're not welcome in my house. like. I know that you have stolen from my house. Or I know, you know, you've stolen from so and so's house.
2: Auntie Joanne, you stole from her house. You're not welcome here. It could be uncomfortable, but you've got to decide what's more important for you,
0: right? Like, do you want to, like, put Go through putting all of your stuff away, locking all of your stuff up, telling everyone in the family, don't bring any of your valuables in the house. Like, do you want to continuously go through that? Because that's going to happen at every family function.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Or do you want to help that family member address the bigger issue or at least make them aware that you all know that they have this bigger issue?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, this is so tricky. I'm actually thinking back to moments where stuff like this has happened too. And I, one thing that I realize is some people that are like kleptos, they will just steal, even if they're not in a bad financial position, like they'll just do it for the thrill of it. I think about people oh, okay. like that, but then also how, because I've watched so many scenarios of this over the years and the people who do it, they'll typically deny, deny, deny to the death of them. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have seen situations where Some people do set a boundary and they're like, well, this person is not allowed into my house. I have seen that as well. I find that sometimes it's tricky when the person's like older than you. Like if it's an elder, you know, like those are the situations where it's just like everyone knows. And I'm just like, "Yo, I'm trying to stay out of this. But I, I think in an ideal world, you would be able to have a conversation. But honestly, like when it comes to stealing It's just so frustrating when someone takes your stuff that you've worked so hard for. So I can see how it can be a situation where people are like very angry and they're not trying to have the constructive, you know, leaning into curiosity conversation. Right. Those are, I mean, I think this is a good conversation on the different options that you can explore if this does happen, because I think that unfortunately, some of us have dealt with this and are dealing with it, you know?
0: Right. But I like what you said about like, If that person is older, it may be difficult. That's when you get allies, right? Like, that's when you're like, all right, well, if Aunt Joanne is actually a person who's stealing, then let's get Uncle Jeff. And Uncle Jeff is going to help us set this boundary because we know that he's somebody that Aunt Joanne respects. Mm -hmm. So, like, maybe we can, you know, rally, like, gather some allies to help us set the boundaries. Yeah. But it, it is tricky.
2: It
1: is. Whew, these are tough. All right, Dom, you ready for this last scenario here that was submitted?
0: Yes, because I think this one okay.
1: is probably the toughest one. Oh, child. Yeah this, is def- yeah, this is definitely a tricky one. Okay, so my friend's husband sends me a message and starts telling me how my friend has been acting different. And he asks me if there's anything going on. For the record, I know that she's cheating. What should I do and say to him or her?
0: Um, <laughs> um <laughs> you broke quiet over there. You real quiet over there? <laughs> I am because the thing is, is that this is a dilemma of like moral and ethics, right? Yeah. Of like, okay, so like one, like, well, how do I feel about cheating, right? And then two, so like, how do I feel about cheating and how would I want someone to engage me if this were the scenario, right? If if I were in their shoes, right? And then the next part of that is, but my loyalty is to my friend, right? So I'm not going to out my friend. I'm just not. <laughs> That's not happening, right? Because my loyalty is to her. What I would say, and I think that there's a piece of me that can kind of get away with this in this in this sense is. I would say. This is probably where I would probably play the therapist card, right? Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: don't like to do this like I don't frequently do this, but what I would probably tell them is like. Well. If you were my client coming to me with concerns about your partner, I would tell you to go and talk to your partner. And I would suggest that maybe that's a time that you all need to look into couples therapy. So I would Mm -hmm. totally deflect like I'm not giving you I'm not I'm taking myself out of this. Like we we're not I'm going to answer your question, but not answer your question. Right. Yeah. But my loyalty is to my friend. So after I respond to you, I am calling up my friend and I'm going to be like, so, girl, listen, sis. Your dude just reached out to me. So, like, this situation that you got going on, like, you got to do something about it.
2: hmm. And. Because he's
0: reaching out. So that means he might be, you know, he either he know, like he probably has some sense. Right. Because chances are you may be acting different around him. So. I can't tell you what to do, but. A conversation needs to be had. And maybe you all need to go to therapy. But then also, I think I personally, I would also kind of set a boundary. And say that I don't want to be in the middle of it. So, like, while I'm not going to tell him anything, I don't want to be in the middle of you keeping this from him. Mm. What about you, T?
1: Honestly, everything you just said, child, my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. This is, I mean, like you said, loyalty is to my friend. I'm not saying anything. I would definitely like call her right away. Like, girl, your husband reached out. This is what he said. You need to do something here, but I don't want to be in the midst of it. I don't want to be lying for you and all that. So like figure right. something out. I now, mean, I got your back. I'm your friend, but like figure something out. Cause I really don't want to be in the middle. And then, like you said, maybe even setting a boundary with him. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not sure of anything going on, but I, I don't know how I would say this. I probably have to think about it, but. Just letting him know, like, I don't wanna be involved in anything. But I don't know if that'd be like too telling, if there's nothing to be involved in. I don't know. But yeah, this is definitely tough. The thing about this though, is it's such a sensitive topic because you find situations where there are people that will tell and then the relationship, you know, something happens, in the relationship either they break up and then they get they get blamed for it, or they get back together and they rekindle their relationship and then you're looked at as the bad guy because you're the one that says something. So I feel like it's just so complex. You don't know how people relationships are so complex. You don't know how people are going to take it. So I think just staying out of it is the best thing. However, if the tables are turned, right. And your loyalty is to your friend. Let's say that you, you know, you're out, you see your friend's partner hugged up with another person. In that case, do you say something? Right. I feel like if it's my like best friend, then it's like, girl, let me just tell you, like, I don't want you to be mad at me, but this is what I saw. just want to put it out there don't say my name, don't put me in it. But I just want to let you know, this is what I saw because my loyalty is to you. Right. But if it's like an acquaintance though, I feel like it's tricky because even though it's another woman, like do you tell her? Cause you don't know what kind of relationship, they might have an open relationship. Like she may be okay with it. And she's like, yo, as long as he paying these bills, he can go do what he wants to do. So then if it's not a fr- like a friend, friend, it's like, what do you do? If you all have not had conversations around like how you want to handle that. And this person is not a very close friend. That's where it's kind of like,
0: ooh, you know? Yeah, that's where it gets tricky because you don't know, yeah. like you said, like you don't know the extent of their circumstances. Chances are mm-hmm. a closer friend, you would hope that you would know you would have some sense of where things are in their relationship. You might not know Definitely. everything, but you would have some sense of how your friend feels about the relationship. So you would know whether or not, OK, I need to bring this to her. But I do like what you said about that's a conversation that you have with your girlfriends of like, so like right now, is we're having girl talk, right? Like this is girls' night. Like this is when you had that conversation, when you sit around with your girlfriends and you say, like, so yeah, if you see something, say something. That's the Mm -hmm. policy I live by, right? And you make or if your policy is don't ask, don't tell, (laughs) then Mm -hmm. I know to keep my mouth closed, right, so mm-hmm. like, but you have that conversation, and I think yes. like, as i'm as I'm reflecting on all of these situations that we were discussing tonight, it all boils down to communication, mhm, right, like all parties involved, like communicating like so whether we are. Talking about that friend whose her attire and her behavior might be a little questionable coming in your household, or it's trying to figure out you know how to say to your partner that their gift didn't measure up to the gift you gave them to that family member who is stealing from everybody to your homegirl is cheating on her spouse and he's coming to you for it. Like, no matter w- what situation it is, it boils down to as you as a person advocating for yourself in each of those scenarios, like communicating your needs and setting your boundaries.
1: Girl, this was such a juicy conversation. Let's go ahead and hop on over to Patreon for this after show. OK, because I got to yes. process this
2: with you. Yes.
1: Hey lady, it's Terry here from the HerSpace podcast and I have some exciting news for you. I just published my self-help book, How to Glow Up As You Grow Up, your go-to guide for overcoming obstacles and making lemonade. So if you've ever experienced loss, childhood trauma, a narcissistic partner, or depression, This book is just for you. If you visit glowupbook.com, again, that's glowupbook.com, you can order your copy today and you will surely be inspired. So
0: I hope that you decide to join me on this journey and I'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us today in Her Space. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health
1: check out our website at herspacepodcast.com. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Although my plans may change, I will stay committed to my purpose.
0: We'll see you next week, lady.